You're in the water loop. Hey, this is Travis with Waterloop. You've probably heard me talk about how much I like High Sierra showerheads for their incredible water efficiency, their solid metal construction, and because it's a small business based in the U.S. with owner David Malcolm having a commitment to water and energy conservation. While I hope you value my opinion, there are some pretty major endorsements you should listen to. High Sierra showerheads were rated best showerhead by Popular Science and CNET, and best low flow showerhead by Wirecutter. If you go on Amazon, you'll see that High Sierra gets the highest ratings, four and a half to five stars, from all the satisfied customers. You can use promo code Waterloop for 20% off at HighSierraShowerheads.com. Waterloop, Waterloop, Waterloop. Welcome to Waterloop. This is Travis going to talk about the blue economy today. And I am really excited to be joined by Diane Durance. She is the director of the Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington, my alma mater. Diane, thanks for coming on the podcast. Well, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you, Travis. Absolutely. I'm, I'm just uh, really excited to talk about this topic and to be talking to somebody from UNCW about this. So, um, what is the blue economy? When people hear that phrase, what does that mean? Well, I think it means different things to different people, but the definition we're using is pretty all-encompassing. So we're talking about anything related to our waterways, any kind of economic opportunity, any kind of job, any kind of business um, that is in some way dependent on the oceans or other uh, lakes, uh, the Great Lakes, the rivers, any anything like that. In our case, we really see in Southeast North Carolina, we think of the blue economy as everything from the, the technologies and the marine biotech and marine pharma kinds of activities that are happening with our businesses, all the way to the recreation, tourism, hospitality industries that are really dependent on us having uh, clean beaches and uh, fresh water and, and all of that. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think I contributed to the blue economy a little bit this morning. I got to go surfing. You know, I paid I paid some money in the parking meter, and I you know stopped and got got coffee, and so it's just a little just a little bit into the blue economy there, right? Yes, that's all. That's all part of it. Yes, every every little bit helps. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you've we've heard more about this blue economy concept the past several years. I mean, just in the news and coming from different parts of the country and the world. And why why do you think that there's kind of this this growing interest? Well, I think two things are happening. One is, of course, the, the ocean environment and our coastal uh, resources are in crisis. So you hear a lot about the, uh, the impact of climate change and, and the impact of uh, pollution and other issues that have, have uh, really been in the news increasingly because of the uh, uh, greater number of storms we've had and the damage. And so that, that kind of keeps it in front of people. And the other aspect I think that's really coming um, into play is the fact there are so many opportunities um, not only the opportunities to work on some of these crisis situations, but there's lots of opportunity with, in uh, 
like the marine biopharmaceutical uh, space, where there's just the realization that we've only tapped a small percentage of the marine natural products, and we really don't know a lot about them. And we're already seeing how uh, some of these things have have come forward, even during the pandemic, where there's been um, research work on some of the seaweed compounds that they feel may be more effective than the pharmaceutical uh, drug that was just um, just approved to uh, to treat the the uh, patients that have COVID nineteen. So um, we're seeing more of that. We're seeing with the um, horseshoe crabs that they may also have a, uh, a chemical compound in their bodies that could be effective in the treatment of uh, COVID nineteen. So um, as these things um, start happening and people become more aware that we've only tapped a small fraction of these marine uh, uh, bio products and we really don't know what what kind of potential they hold that kind of opens up more discussion and more um, uh, looking into what uh, what might might work and then the other thing is on the engineering side when you look at the autonomous vehicles and the progress that's been made with uh, on land vehicles whether it's for mining or transportation or uh, you know trucking those types of things it's only natural that the the oceans will now become an area where we're looking at the same thing how can we be using more autonomous autonomous vehicles and robotics to solve some of the the issues in um in shipping for example mm-hmm. and even the electric vehicles where we've made a lot of progress on land you know now now uh companies are are shifting focus and saying how can we um have an impact by bringing more electrical uh vehicles to the oceans because shipping is a huge uh contributor to uh the the uh um greenhouse gases mm-hmm. So there's all, like you've said, there's all these different aspects of the blue economy. There's that kind of technology, marine exploration, there's the recreation and tourism, there's the potential for medicine and, and biopharma and even wave energy or, or kind of renewable energy sources involved with the ocean. And uh, it's a really, really exciting time. And I love how you made the point that this is not all about, oh, there's problems and we just have to deal with the problems. There's actually really positive opportunities here, really 21st century kind of opportunities and solutions. Um, what are the projections around how the, the blue economy is going to, to change and grow? Um, you know, we're kind of at this really great point here, right, where there's a lot happening. What's, what's the near-term, long-term future look like? Well, if you uh, consider right now, um, the blue economy contributes about $304 billion to our uh, gross national product in the United States, and it accounts for 3.3 million jobs. Mm-hmm. They say in our region, in Southeast North Carolina, one in six jobs is related to the blue economy. Now, in our case, a lot of that is uh, recreation and tourism, which aren't the high paying jobs that we really want to be driving uh, forward with in the blue economy. But I think that's where you're gonna see the greatest growth come um, in the future because you're looking at these technologies being the areas where there's going to be exponential growth more than 
tourism and recreation, which will continue to grow as the population grows and more people move to coastal areas, uh, certainly, but it's not going to have the same kind of trajectory as, say, you know, some pharmaceuticals that are derived from marine bioproducts that could, you know, be the next uh, cancer uh, drug or the next uh, uh, drug for heart disease or whatever. You know, it's it's uh, that type of, of growth um, potential in the sciences and with engineering and autonomous vehicles and uh, electrification of the uh, shipping industry. You're, you're talking about huge industries and lots of activity that needs to enter kind of this new generation of technologies and that hasn't happened yet. So the growth potential is, is really, really huge. When you look at even something simple like the dredging that they do in the Cape Fear river, it's still done the same way dredging has been done for a hundred years. And we're looking at things with, with sensors and um, robotics on how you might be able to um, advance uh, dredging so that it's not done in the same way that you're able to do it kind of just in time in the right place. It sounds, I mean, like technology is really such a huge driver for the blue economy and for its projected growth and changes, right? We have uh, this increasingly digital world around us. We have machine learning and artificial intelligence and, and just, just <laughs> incredible, powerful tools that are uh, improving all the time. And this is really feeding into what we can do with the ocean and our coast. Let's let's focus in a bit more on the on the Carolina coast and and southeast or eastern North Carolina and Wilmington because uh, I know there's a like you said there's a lot that's starting to happen here. So what's what's going on with kind of the blue economy in this in this area? Well, you know, there's been so much focus on it because. Uh, because of our uh, storms that we've had over the past few years, I've only lived here uh, four and a half years and I've been through five hurricanes. You know, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's certainly top of mind for us here. Um, there's also things we've been doing on campus at UNCW that uh, has made, um, made us think more about um, the possibilities of uh, developing um, entrepreneurs and innovative solutions. Uh, one is our coastal engineering degree, uh, undergraduate degree program, which we're the first uh, in the state, maybe the first in the country to have an undergraduate degree in coastal engineering. And then we're working on, um, we're about to have a new PhD program that's gonna be on in applied coastal and ocean sciences. And by applied, we mean it's, it's about out, get, uh, figuring out how the research could actually be developed into innovative solutions that we could commercialize and take to market. So from the university standpoint, we also graduate a lot of uh, marine biologists, marine scientists, uh, environmental scientists, and we would love for those um, graduates to find opportunities along the North Carolina coast, and they would love to stay here. So uh, there's a there's um, that whole, okay, you've got the talented workforce, you have the, um, the challenges along the coast, how can we really kind of match these up and really develop a marine innovation hub here? And so there's a lot of appetite for that from a lot of different directions. So we really are looking at right now, we've got a blue economy work group that is developing strategy and looking at different different programs. We're starting to kind of bring in under our 
what we call our big blue umbrella. We're, we're bringing in all kinds of programs and trying to attract more uh, um, resources and collaborations from around the state and around the country to to put a focus on what we're trying to do and really figure it out. Um, we've been having uh, conversations with Duke University has a center for energy. Their center contacted us because they're about to do a global research project on marine innovation hubs. And I'm like, gee, I wish I wish your research was already done so you could tell us how <laughs> to do it. Um, but they're going to walk with us hand in hand as we're trying to develop our our globally recognized and, and impactful um, marine innovation hub here as they're learning from the other hubs around the world um, what are the best practices what are the most uh, impactful uh, steps to take we want to know that because we want to do those things because we are really in a great position to to commercialize research from the university but and also uh, start new ventures and to attract growth stage ventures that may be in other parts of the country but are needing a coastal location we want to attract those company uh, companies and also in there are some areas in the scandinavian countries and israel and other places where they're doing real leadership work in these innovations that um, will preserve um, sustainable seafood and will um, uh, make the shipping industry a cleaner industry, those types of things. Well, when, they, when they're looking for where they might put a U.S. headquarters for their, for their companies, we want them to be thinking of Wilmington, North Carolina, and certainly the coastal North Carolina areas. Yeah. So this idea you mentioned before to me about a blue tech cluster or this marine innovation cluster. And so the idea is that you have a place like Wilmington where you, you have just that. You've got kind of this incubating, uh, coordinated, collaborative kind of environment uh, with all different aspects. You have university power behind it, and you've got the private sector, and you've got startups and established companies and, and trying to bring in international presence. And that's kind of the, the, the organism you're trying to build. Yes, exactly. It's really the uh, economic development and taking all aspects of it. And uh, traditional economic development is really focused on how do you get those large companies to come here and bring jobs. But we know from um, from experience in building a industry cluster that you need both things happening. You need to be creating businesses. You need to be nurturing the businesses that you have already in this area and as well as attracting uh, thought leader companies from around the world mm-hmm. you really want to uh, to be a magnet that just draws people in that share your um, our interest in in creating a robust and healthy um, blue economy yeah and I mean this is really a turning point for Wilmington in so many ways right like you mentioned that it's typically been tourism and recreation um, but now as Wilmington is continuing to grow um, there's there's more kind of advanced businesses if you will that are setting up here being founded here and, and moving here and that really is great uh, for jobs and and uh, local resources uh, how do you are there places around the country that you look at that have blue tech clusters and you're like oh we kind of want to be like that or what can we learn from them 
Yeah. We are learning from them. Uh, we've taken some uh, inspiration from Sea Ahead up in Boston. Um, I really like what, what they've done. Their focus has been more on the uh, innovation and entrepreneurship uh, sectors, uh, but they do have a incubator accelerator and they have 26 uh, early stage ventures that are in the blue economy that are located there. Um, they have developed uh, funding uh, through an angel uh, network that is focused on uh, blue tech and is specifically looking for opportunities to invest in this space. Um, so that's that's one group that I, I kind of feel like covers the entrepreneurial side of it really well. And um, I kind of tease them about how when those companies start scaling up, that Boston area might seem a little expensive and, you know, maybe they'd want to look at uh, Coastal Carolina to uh, to check out what we have down here in the Wilmington area when they go to scale up those businesses. A little better, and, little better weather, too, I'd say. Yes, yes. I think they might <laughs> like it here. Um, the uh, Some others that we have, uh, there are programs that we, we have also been um, studying and collaborating with. One, a big one is Fish 2.0 which we were um, a regional host for a uh, 12-state region um, in 2017. And then in 2019, we were a, uh, we were a, a host for about a six-state region, but we widened the, the areas of the blue economy that we were um, hosts for. The first year, we were really focused on ventures related to um, shellfish aquaculture, um, and then we moved into, um, with our six state region in 2019, we were looking at all areas of sustainable fisheries and sustainable aquaculture. So in any, any area in any part of the supply chain. So it could be also in, in seafood processing, marketing and delivery, all that, as well as, um, growing fish or, or shellfish and, and, uh, um, wild catch fisheries. So, um, so we, and we do see that as one of our key sectors is, um, the sustainable aquaculture and, and fisheries because seafood is a huge, um, well, it's a huge industry and it's one that is really growing rapidly. We now, um, globally more, more, uh, seafood is produced, um, uh, through aquaculture than, wild catch fisheries and that that is continuing to um to shift where you're going to see less seafood available from wild catch fisheries and much more from aquaculture and of course we want to do it in a very sustainable way and it can be done in a sustainable way and it is in many places i think that it gets a uh, kind of a bad reputation when people see some of the overcrowded aquaculture facilities in certain parts of the world but truly there there are very sustainable approaches to that 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 do produce um very healthy seafood for people to consume while not uh deteriorating the environment so certainly that sustainable fisheries aquaculture seafood sector is really important for us and our involvement with fish 2.0 has really helped push that forward because that's a global program that connects um early stage ventures with investors from around the world and many of those are impact investors so they are looking for for new approaches that will be more sustainable 
in the future. So that's a sector that we, we really care a lot about. And, and that's a um, fish 2.0 is a program we've, we've been involved with. And then uh, ocean exchange is another, uh, it's a competition for um, new ideas and new ventures in, um, in everything related to the ocean. So not just um, uh, fisheries or seafood, but the robotics, the energy, all the things that we've we've been talking about. So there's a lot of lot of um, opportunity there for us to be making connections uh, for our entrepreneurs and also just uh, to make people more aware of the resources that we have here. Um, and there are other uh, groups, the University of Southern Mississippi and their uh, port um, have they've. Um, done a collaboration where they've developed a robotics makerspace. Uh, we would love to to do something similar to that here. So we've been working with them and and spending time talking to to the leaders there that really drove that process and, and got them the the funding to develop that that um, uh, makerspace. And and we're looking at the same thing for us. We'd really like to build our uh, sector in marine robotics and data analytics and energy uh, conversion and, and all those types of engineering um, to, um, applications. And one of the things we've done to, to advance that is because we don't have an engineering school at UNCW is we are collaborating with um, NCANT um, and bringing their engineering students together with our marine science and marine biology students to work together at, at, in teams to develop some of these new innovations. So we're we're kind of filling in the gap that we've had in um, in engineering and also introducing those engineers to opportunities in the marine environment, which they're not generally exposed to up in Greensboro. Mm. <laughs> right. Well, you've mentioned a couple different collaborations with universities. You know, you talked about being in, talking with Duke about some of the work they're doing and 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 CA and T. And um, so, when it comes to these clusters and fostering the blue economy, uh, there's plenty of room to work with uh, work with the other state universities and and just really kind of work together, huh? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I've been in conversations with uh, UNC Charlotte and there are professors there in engineering that really want to get their students some opportunities to to look at some of the uh, challenges in the marine environment around shipping and logistics and and uh, shoreline, our whole infrastructure. When you look at their, their engineering schools and, and civil engineering and you look at all the issues that we have around bridges and coastal waterfront and the urban uh, designs. And there's just, there's a lot. So there are areas where other universities in the state or not even just in our state, um, Old Dominion University has reached out to us and um, they want to collaborate on on some of the programs that we're developing and, and some of the strategy that, that we have for growing these, these sectors. So when you when you look at that, it's, um, there's there's a lot of lot of interest in how can we get all hands on deck to really you know th th these are huge challenges, huge opportunities, uh, difficult to organize. Um, I'm sure you've heard the term wicked problems, and this is truly um, the ocean represents a, a wicked problem because there are a lot of different interests 
that are served by the by the ocean and so people have different perspectives different countries have different perspectives and it's a very and there's a lot of economic um, consequences to how how we handle things and how we uh, develop the technologies how we implement them and just you know there there are trade-offs all over the place um a simple example would be we like to drive uh, marine preserves and and be sure that we're uh have quotas on fisheries and so forth well that that works reasonably well in a wealthy country like the United States, but when you look at poorer island countries and we're trying to preserve the ocean and and different fish species, but they're dependent on them for their economy, for their fisheries, and for their commercial fishermen and recreational fishing and and so forth. So you you know there's there's that balancing that always has to happen. How can you um, really move forward with solutions that aren't going to harm in other ways. And that's a, you know, by definition, what makes a wicked problem is there's not one easy solution. (laughs) You've got to have, and that's why having bringing in all these great minds and people that look at it different ways, people that have the, the engineering background, people that have the bioscience background and, and uh, people that know about environmental science and, and bringing them together and getting people really working on solutions that have multiple dimensions. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's great. We have Wilmington. We have the location, right? <laughs> so like you've said in the beginning, we've got this great spot right here on the ocean. You've got University of North Carolina, Wilmington. You've got UNCW here. So it's a, it's a great magnet. You've got the Center for Marine Science there. That, that's just a facility we can, we can leverage. Um, I, I wanted to hear a little bit more about preparing students, um, you know, and, and because you need that workforce. You need those young minds and, and creating the opportunity. So could could you talk a little bit more about um, what's what's being done and what can be done to to get students, um, you know, especially UNCW students, into the blue economy? Well, you know, they want to be in the blue economy. That's the that's the that's the uh, real positive part of it. Many of the UNCW students come uh, choose UNCW because they want to be near the ocean. They want to be near the beaches for for the recreation and quality of life. Um, but when you look at how many of them are studying environmental science, marine science, uh, marine uh, chemistry, um, um, marine biology, I mean, they want to find jobs in in their field and and do impactful work and. We don't have enough jobs like that here for the number of graduates we have. So uh, our work is really in uh, developing these businesses and encouraging the students to really look at at entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial opportunities. And I teach uh, entrepreneurship for non-business majors, which is our first course in the minor in entrepreneurship. And I get a lot of environmental science and, and marine biology students because they're really trying to figure out how they can create an opportunity for themselves to stay here. Mm-hmm. How can they form a, a business that... Um, 
is involved in the blue economy. And in fact, uh, several of our um, current oyster farmers that are being very successful in our area are UNCW uh, graduates. Uh, Connor McNair is a great example with NC Oyster Company. He came to UNCW because he knew he wanted to grow oysters and he got his degree in marine biology and and uh, now he is he's doing it and he's doing a great job. His business is really growing. He's, uh, he's taken all the really um, uh, um, careful business planning into, into account so that he, he can grow a very successful business. Um, we have others. Uh, Richard Hughes is also a graduate of our marine biology program, and he has a company called Atlantic Biotechnologies, and he's doing great. He's got these micro crustaceans that are like uh, fish food for for fish as they're going from the larval stage into uh, their adult phase, they need this kind of special food to, to make that happen. And so his, his product is in uh, uh, fish um, aquarium stores all over, all over. Um, and he's growing that business. So those are kind of some, some, you know, basic examples of how some of our students have graduated and continued to create opportunities for themselves. We'd really like to have a, uh, uh, you know, a full blue economy uh, cluster here that would be uh, where there would be not just startups, but um, the growth firms, like what we we're talking about with uh, stealing them from SIA Head Up in Boston and getting getting them to grow here. That would be job um, opportunities for our students, and certainly if we could get some of these international companies that are involved in in energy conversion or aquaculture or uh, shipping, you know, that, that are looking for those experts. And then I think we're also going to see a lot of growth in the uh, companies we have here that are environmental science companies that are doing work around um, environmental testing and in uh, uh, remediation, shoreline uh, work with the uh, combating erosion. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see more um, work uh, for our students in environmental science with the developers that are looking at how to develop coastal areas. And a lot of work is being um, done and developed with uh, architects trying to design for coastal construction. So we'll be working in our, our, uh, our students that are going to be graduating in our new uh, coastal engineering uh, uh, undergraduate degree program. Those kind of positions will be uh, of interest to them, certainly. Great. Well, uh, you know, as again, as an alum of UNCW myself, I love the idea that uh, you all are working to create this blue economy here in Wilmington. And, uh, you know, I know so many students that come here, they go to school and they're like, wait, this is a wonderful place. I want to stay. I want to grow here. Um, and so there sounds like there's a lot of opportunities that will be coming, uh, coming for folks. I look forward to following up on this and, and keeping track of it all and, and maybe talking to some of these different people that you've mentioned. But uh, Diane, thank you so much for the conversation. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for having me, and uh, I look forward to the next time we uh, cross paths. Waterloop, Waterloop, Waterloop. The Waterloop Podcast is brought to you by High Sierra Showerheads, the smart and stylish way to save water, energy, and money while enjoying a powerful shower. Use promo code Waterloop for 20% off at HighSierraShowerheads.com. 
You're in the water loop.